great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Hello and welcome to Of Mice and Main Street Men. Hey, I am Tristan and this week we're doing something a little bit different. Last weekend, I went up to the Lost Island theme park in Waterloo, Iowa and checked out the place. It's incredible. If you're in the Midwest, I highly encourage you go and check it out. Um, It has all of the Disney elements you want, and it is the closest thing to Disney you'll get here in the Midwest. But I was able to chat with the general manager, owner, and visionary behind the park, Eric Birch. And here is that conversation. Hello, friends, and welcome to Of Mice and Main Street. Men, I'm lucky enough to be in Waterloo, Iowa, at Lost Island Theme Park, and sitting with me is the general manager and visionary behind the whole thing, Eric Birch. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to hang out with me. This is so cool. Yeah, um, pleasure. Yeah, I feel, uh, I feel so cool sitting in the room with you. This is so rad. Uh, I can't imagine how busy you must be. Um, but let's start from the beginning, like your for your foray into the theme park business. It all started with the water park, as I understand it, and the research I've done. And how did that even become part of your deal? Well, uh, we opened the water park in 2001, and the way that that came about is our family took countless family vacations to water parks and tropical locations oh, growing okay. up. And around North America and the Caribbean and the family wanted to bring that same high quality entertainment that we were fortunate enough to experience to our neighbors in the area. That's really cool. So uh, having a successful cabinet manufacturing business we had the capital available to build water park and the purpose of it was again not to be a huge money maker it was sure. to bring a world-class place like a Disney or uh, Atlantis and the Bahamas to Waterloo, Iowa. And how far into that water park process did you think, okay, next is a theme park? Well, it actually took a while. Um, Obviously, coming from cabinet manufacturing into the water park industry was a big shift. (laughs) So there was a pretty pretty steep learning curve. Um, The theme park came about around 2010 when our water park attendance plateaued. We, okay. It was our 10-year anniversary. We had just put in a hydromagnetic launch coaster using linear induction motors from ProSlide in, in 2010, which at the time was only one of two in the country. Oh, wow. and That's cool. Just did, we had fireworks once a month. We were really trying to follow the, the Disney model for anniversary years did a huge advertising blitz. And as I said, our attendance was essentially flat from 2009 to 2010. And that was when we started thinking about another facility that would be able to increase tourism in the area because we were unable to do that on the water park attendance alone. And so the idea kind of started at that point. Yeah, and then so I, I got to imagine the the planning stage and the research stage for like a theme park of this scale, which is not a small theme park at all. Um, and it's wild that it's in Iowa. I still say that when I pulled up, I was like, and then I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh. But I, I can't imagine the amount of research and planning that you had to go through 
which is like small things like the soil is probably something that people don't think about. And us theme park geeks, we know that like, there's certain things that matter as far as where you can even put stuff, you know. Absolutely. And so what was that like? Well, we're still planning, Tristan. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not close to done with that. Yeah. But it's interesting you bring up the soil because uh, something that people don't know about the park is that uh, two of our rides are actually swapped from oh, where really? they were originally designed to be located because of yeah. soil conditions. So wow. our uh, the best ride in the park, according to coaster enthusiasts, our Matugani launch coaster mm. was originally intended to be on the lakeside because of oh, its original uh, construction in Leesburg was over a lake. And so we wanted to recreate that. but. Soil oh, conditions being what they were, we ended up having to move it inland and put our flume ride out by the water instead oh, wow. because of that very thing. Uh, but as far as <clears throat> the research stage of the theme park overall, we started to look into that seriously in 2011. So it's wow. been 12 years now of when we started the process. And... Uh, what we learned in those early stages was that metropolitan areas throughout the country that have access to both a wet and dry park uh, universally, no matter where it is, whether it's the Chicagoland area or the East Coast in Orlando, Texas, California, <clears throat> universally, the dry park always brings in at least four times the number of visitors that a water park does. Interesting. And so armed with that information, we uh, engaged a designer and started designing the park in 2012. Um, and after many, many revisions, started construction on the park in 2019. Oh, yeah. Heading straight into 2020. I'm sure that was super fun to deal with. Absolutely. Um, so what kind of, uh, you know, what were some other parks that you looked at when you were in that design phase as far as, or kind of dreaming up this whole idea? Were there certain places that you looked to? to... Of course. I mean, we drew inspiration from a variety of immersive, inspirational places. <laughs> uh, so because there were already three amusement parks mm -hmm. in a four-hour driving radius from Waterloo, we really uh, honed our focus on creating a unique themed experience rather sure. than building the fastest, tallest, longest, most expensive roller coasters. Mm -hmm. Because that too is something that sometimes uh, people who are uh, fans of the industry don't realize is that building a coast one coaster is many, many times more expensive yeah. than creating a space that people want to be in. And while the roller coaster may be fun for the 90 seconds that you're on it, building a themed environment that is done well is somewhere that you will want to spend a lot more time than just that, that 90 second ride. And so uh, as far as the inspiration, the places that we kind of paid homage to, um, we looked at Dollywood, Meow Wolf, when that opened, was also one that we looked at. Efteling in Europe, as well as the Center Parks properties, Burning Man, 
and oh, okay. of course Disney and Universal, all all these places that have details and interactive moments that mm-hmm. are a unique experience that people will yeah. remember and want to experience again. Those were all things that kind of went onto our Pinterest board when we were <laughs> in the design process, and we we tried to put as many of those sorts of things into the park as we could. Yeah, the theming is obviously very important to you. Having, you know, spent the morning here, uh, I was talking to you about the sidewalks. Just the, the theming changes from land to land. The music is another thing that I absolutely loved. Um, that's one of my favorite things about the Disney parks is the, the sound changes that you go from land to land, and you guys have done that so well. Thank you. And that's so hard to do. And the landscaping looks beautiful. Um, but how the landscaping many... still has some more. Well, uh, it's very <laughs> new, yeah. But it like I kind of like seeing it that way, though. You know what I mean? One of the things that I always hear about this park is like, oh, the trees are small. Well, yeah, of course they are. <laughs> you just open it. And I loved kind of seeing things at the beginning like that. Um, because it, you're kind of witnessing something for the first time and it's brand new. And I think that's so wild because I like to think about like those people that experienced, you know, even Disney World or Disneyland for the first time. Obviously nothing was as big as it is now. And that's so cool to me. But how many artists and, and designers did you have working on this of all? I mean, there had to have been. A uh, ton of it, it was fewer than you would think. Really? We, Lost Island in general, we, we run a very flat organization. So okay. Uh, to give you an example, the concrete impressions that you're talking about, mm-hmm. my wife and I put all of those in ourselves. <laughs> uh, That's amazing, though. That's many amazing. of them done like in the winter of two th- 2021. Oh, wow. Because okay. we were under a deadline and they were pouring concrete in 30 degree weather in December. And so we wow. were out there at... <laughs> in the, the dark some nights <laughs> in, imprinting concrete. Uh, but the real designers that we worked with on the project, um, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to name drop oh, these no, people. Oh, no, please. But the footprint original concepts and architectural designs were dreamed up by our friends at BDR Design Group out of Cincinnati. They actually cool. are the same people who helped us design the water park oh, back cool. in 1999. So they are some of the most innovative people that we have ever met and did a wonderful job with the original cost or the original design. Uh, another partner of ours that we have worked with at the theme, the water park, excuse me, for 25 years is Costa, Wisconsin, uh, who they completed much of the rock work throughout the park, including the volcano and the entry arch that you walk in at the beginning of the park. And then the Weber group, is the project management team, but they also have an artistic arm that did a lot of the other theming elements in the park. They created the site props and the, the uh, themed queue murals in our drop tower, uh, Volcano, and oh, wow. the Utah Falls, which you haven't had a chance to ride yet. No, no. It should be open today before you leave, if the state inspector shows up. <laughs> uh, and then a couple of the lesser known aspects of the park all of us helped us develop our companion app the lost island adventure guide that helps people learn about the storyline behind the park since we don't have any existing ip mm-hmm. that you would find at the wizarding world of harry potter there's a novel and movies that people can sure gain uh an affinity for characters in the, the park itself we sort of reverse engineered that we built the park yeah. But we're the only ones who know all of the 
the meta data sure. behind it. And so Holobus is kind of our way of offering that to people in, mm-hmm. in a way that isn't in their face or placards that they have to read everywhere. It's a, a gamified app. And it's really cool, by the way. Oh, it's, you've been on yeah, that as yeah. well? It's, okay, good. Dude, I'm telling you, this park is so rad, partly because <laughs> you kind of have to, it's so new, and it's, you know, it's, an, it's a whole new experience that you can't get. So I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. We're going to continue to develop the app as well. And then um, the last piece that you pointed out, the music mm-hmm. was composed by Pete Lehman from Visible Sound. Oh, he cool. worked with Volcano Bay to create their soundtrack as well and so we were able to get in touch with him and he wrote us six original pieces so each realm has its Mm -hmm. own original score uh, and then he combined all five of the realms into an uh, an entry park theme song oh that's cool so we have a number of tracks that are playing there's only one that is ours. The rest of them have kind of been stolen from video games and oh, sure. lesser-known movies. <laughs> uh, and then our the kind of crown jewel of the park, our Dark Ride Volcano. That's insane. That was how we developed that with Sally Dark Rides. Mm-hmm. So they helped us dream up the storyline, the overall ride experience, and then they too also wrote an original musical score for the ride based on what Pete had done so oh that's cool it's blended together so yeah that those are those are all the artists that helped us come up with this yes and you mentioned that volcano right I'm I've written that five times today so far uh that's that's an impressive feat like you don't see dark rides in the midwest period (laughs) <laughs> but you don't see them done that well. Um, like from the queue, like I was wandering the queue and the Euro player was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just, dude, there's so many cool things here. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, that's an amazing ride. Like Sally Dark Rides, I did an amazing job with that. But how was that pitched to you? And like, I mean... Well, we, we came to them. Oh, so okay. we've, as I said, we've kind of been kicking this idea around for a number of years and we've been going to IAPA since... Oh, sure. The late 90s when Water Park was built. So we had seen their booth and we were <laughs> familiar with their animatronics. And when they released the Tomb of Tutankhamun, it was a huge deal because that <laughs> had multiple endings and it was a, <laughs> it was a, won a bunch of awards. And so that was kind of the point where we said, if we ever built a theme park, we need one yeah. of these rides. And so when we were finally ready to pull the trigger on moving forward we went to Sally and we said hey this is our idea for a park they had been pitching a concept called Forbidden Island that was a loose you know uh, there were it doesn't matter there it was a concept that was (laughs) loosely uh, based on a a lost island and so we Mm -hmm. said we like this but is there a chance that we could change it so that it fits with just our fire realm area? And they said, absolutely, we'll do whatever yeah. you want. And so we took a number of elements in that, which they had the ride going into a volcano anyway, and we just mm-hmm. expanded that part and kind of eliminated all the islandy stuff. And we came up with something that everybody was happy with. And and then as far as the, the rest of the details, the score and the... Our animatronic shaman and everything, those were just details that we 
worked on together. Yeah, it's in a, I've heard prior to coming, I've heard about that, right? Like that's the thing that everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. And it is as impressive as everyone has made it out to be. It's one of the better talk rides I've ever been on. Um, I'll probably do it four more times before I leave. <laughs> um, but it's just so cool. Like it's so well done. And when you're on it, you're not thinking, I'm in a theme park in, in Iowa. Like it's something, if you would have told me that you plucked that out of a Disney or Universal Park and put it, I'd been like, man, that makes sense. But I'm like, glad you think that. It is incredible, dude. Like, it's Thank so you. good. Thank you. Um, you should be very proud of that. Um, but how incredible is it to see kind of all this come to fruition? I mean, this is a big dream. It's, and it's a little bittersweet because while uh, we have the gates open and we're welcoming guests in, we still have a lot of things to do. And it hasn't gone as well as we had planned. Sure. Uh, we started construction in 2019, and so we went through the year of COVID yeah. and astronomical price increases mm-hmm. and all kinds of delays on parts that were needed. And so we're still kind of licking our wounds from sure. the cost overages because, like I mentioned at the beginning, we aren't doing this to make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. We're doing it to to bring entertainment to this part of the country. And as long as the park can be self-sustaining, that's enough. We're not looking to get a return on our investment. And it's hard to have put this much work and more money than we were planning on into a facility Mm -hmm. and then not have people know that we exist or Mm want to come. Because just like you are doing now, everyone that's visited has been blown away and they are so excited to be here but we need more people to visit us (laughs) we're not going to be able to stick around right so uh it will be much more fulfilling when we have a parking lot full of cars yeah i'd love to do another podcast with you to tell you how rewarding it is yeah. to see that this investment paid off the way the water park did. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, when they're, you know, they get at something else, we'll go. And it's like, no, you need to go now. Like, it's so important to support you now. And honestly, I've been here for, you know, since 1030 this morning, and I'll stay until you close. You know, right. we're in the middle of the day. I'm not leaving after the interview. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so, it, because there's so much to kind of take in and, um, you know, if you are, you know, we're primarily a Disney-centric podcast, but the reason I wanted to come talk with you is because it, it's the closest you can get to Disney in the Midwest. And I think that's some, that, that really does say something. And you've done such a good job of, and the fact that you're, you know, you're out there working <laughs> is so cool. Like, I know it's kind of necessity, yeah. but also that kind of does add a little bit of, like, all the more reason to support you because you're not just some dude sitting in an office, you know, rocking it out. You're dealing with issues probably right now, (laughs) actually. Well, I'll tell you one other uh, story that not many people know about the park. I don't know if you went to Topatara Market to eat. I did, yeah. Did you notice the live edge tables you were sitting at? So those tables were planted at my dad's property in 1994, 96. And because he had a Christmas tree farm Uh hobby, uh, but those trees died. And so he logged them 
uh, bought a sawmill to mill the boards, built a wow. kiln from scratch to kiln dry the wood, and then <laughs> made those tables by hand. So all wow. of the live edge tables that are in that restaurant yeah. are literally from seed to finished product. Wow. Gary Birch had his hands on at every step of the process. That's amazing. So, yeah, we our blood, sweat, and tears are in this soil because we can't seem to let anyone else do things for us. We have to <laughs> we have to be there to make sure that it's successful. Yeah, but that's like so admirable. Like, you know, the Birch family is they're not just pencil pushers. They're actually doing the work and I think that's so cool. Um and like you said the business is hard, but like it's been so admirable to see you guys. You're very positive about it. I mean, you're very realistic. Um but you've also been like, "Hey, we're here. Let's go." Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's such a cool like I don't know. I'm just so inspired by the fact that you're like, this was a lot of work and it's really hard and we've been through it, but like, Hey, we're here. And the fact that you're in the park today, like, you know, handling everything that you're handling is so cool. Um, I, I love that. So thank you. Yeah. So what are you hoping for, you know, as you start the second year? I mean, obviously crowds Yep. Or something that you're hoping for. Well, we're, we're just hoping for smoother operations in general. Yeah, like like I said, moving from cabinet manufacturing to the water park industry mm-hmm. was a hard transition, oh, and we were able to get into our stride about year four over there. Okay, and moving over here, we thought, oh, water park theme park, it's basically the same, and that was a rude awakening to learn. Uh, water parks. Most of those rides all operate basically the same way. You turn on a pump, the water goes up to the top of the slide, and as long as all of the slide parts are together, the ride runs every day. Here, every one of our 24 rides has a different operating system. We have 13 different manufacturers, so everything runs differently, and a ride could run totally fine one day and then you get here the next morning and it's missing an o-ring and the whole thing is shut down for three days because of lead times so just learning to anticipate problems before they become fires Mm -hmm. is something that we're hoping to do we also have two rides that were unable to open last year that are pretty big big deals for us we have matugani our launch coaster that many people have been following since it was taken down from Leesburg in 2016. <laughs> and we finally have that operating and it's running today. It's great. It's great. I've done it twice. Great. It's really great. Uh, and then Utah Falls is our super flume. Mm-hmm. And it was running, but we had an issue with one of the boats yesterday. And now the state inspector has to come back. He's supposed to be here today. That's why I keep looking at my phone <laughs> uh, so that we can get that running again, hopefully this afternoon. And uh, the third thing that we're doing as an update from last year is uh, we have live actors that'll be starting yeah. on the 2nd of June. That's awesome. So again, trying to elevate the experience to more of a Disney Universal style uh, experience. They are, they've spent two weeks here rehearsing. They're in full costumes. That's awesome. And they're based on the characters from the app. And so it's another way of pulling that uh, mm-hmm. that storyline into the real world so the guests can experience it. Yeah. There will be two of them in each realm and they're just 
residents of this world. It's awesome. That all have different personalities and activities that they're going to try to engage guests in. So that's awesome, man. It'll be, uh, that's, that's what I'm most excited for is to see how people react to that because in Iowa, just like you don't see dark rides, you also don't see many makeup, no. uh, crazy costume wearing people. And so I'm hoping that the reception is warm because these people are here all summer with us. <laughs> so we're excited and I hope that the guests yeah. are as well. And I won't take up too much more of your time, but on, on this show, we kind of do a rapid fire at the end. It's usually about Disney, but I'm going to modify it to make it about Lost Island. Great. So what is your favorite attraction here at Lost Island? It's hard to choose, but because <laughs> I have just ridden it recently, Matagani is definitely worth the price of admission. It really is. If you're, it's if you're a coaster person. It's and if cool. you're not a coaster person, then Volcano Quest for the Golden Idol has won IAPA's Brass Ring Award and the Amusement Today's Golden Ticket for Best New Attraction. Yeah, so. it's both are great. So, and they're like really close to each other. So, yeah. uh, what's your favorite food here? Uh, my favorite food has to be our cupcake flight from a local okay. cupcakery. Scratch made a uh, six cup mini cupcake flight for each of the realms and Volcano, the villain of the park. Okay. The flavors are all totally different, and you can only get them here. They oh, don't sell awesome. them in their own stores. I love that. Do you have a favorite realm? Ooh. Uh, well, I, I took our staff personality test and it put me in the Tamariki realm. So okay. I guess I'll have to choose that one. All right. I love that you have a staff personality test for your realms. That's awesome. Uh, what's your favorite character? Because you have those coming soon. We do. Uh, it, it's gotta be Aoka. That's one of our Tamariki characters. We, and we do have a mascot for him. So the Tamariki are the magical guardian spirits that okay. inhabit the park and they are named for all things that are best shared because okay. sort of the overall theme of this park is doing things together mm -hmm. each realm has a central icon that it, you need more than one person to fully appreciate mm -hmm. um, and so the tamariki represent a lot of those things and aoka is a tamariki of friendship so they welcome you into the park in this mascot and the mascot is super soft it's like a like any other park furry mascot mm -hmm. so i love that that's great and what do you love most about lost island um what do i love most about lost island i didn't read this far down in your questions tristan so <laughs> think about it's the last one. one you didn't miss anything else after that okay but. okay good uh well <laughs> overall Lost Island, uh, the idea of both parks has always just been providing people with an escape in, a pl in an unexpected place. So the water park is a, a tropical oasis at the time built in the middle of cornfields. So yeah. it truly was a Lost Island. And similar to what you were saying about the theme park, when people walk into that place, they have no idea that it's there because it's the way that it's built, it's really hard to see from the road. Yeah. So you can tell that there might be a slide or two, but until you walk through the gates, you really don't get an mm -hmm. appreciation for what's inside. And that is what I love the most about Lost Island is standing at the front gate and watching people coming in from Chicago or Minneapolis or 
sometimes international people who happen to be visiting people that live in this area. And you see them in line and they have this, yep, I know what I'm going to get when I walk into this place. And then their eyes just get big as saucers and they open their mouth and start pointing because they are just flabbergasted that they found this place in Iowa. Yeah, it's... Dude, I'm telling you, I, I've had the best time and I'm going to go have more fun after this. And then I'm going to bring my family up in July. But um, it's it's a wonderful park, dude. It is so cool. And I'm so happy I get to talk to you now before this place explodes and you no longer have time for a small little podcast like mine. I'll always have time for you, Kristen. <laughs> you were the first one here. Oh, well, I appreciate it, man. Well, thanks again, dude, uh, for taking some time with me and let me check out the park. And for more information, you can check out The Lost Island on social media and thelostisland.com. And uh, thank you all for listening. Eric, thanks for being here, man. My this pleasure. is so cool. Thanks for having me at your park. So there you have it, my conversation with Eric Birch at the Lost Island Theme Park in Waterloo, Iowa. If you were in the Midwest, please go check it out. I'm not kidding. It is such a cool park. It's so new. And that's so amazing to see. Um, but the attractions are fantastic. Uh, their launch coaster is great. Their dark ride is amazing. The theming, um, everything, just the vibe is so cool. And, you know, it's new and it needs your support. So if you're in the Midwest, go check it out. Eric is awesome. And it was so nice of him to take time out of his day to talk to me. I definitely, you know, fanboyed out a little bit. And... Um, <clears throat> so go check it out. Um, and it, it, shifting tone a little bit, um, when I was on my way back from Waterloo um, on Sunday, <clears throat> I got some messages that were a little alarming about uh, the, the building that me and Savannah's theater is in. Um, the back half of it had collapsed on Sunday late afternoon. I was on my way back from Waterloo on this high uh, from being at the park and having just this amazing time and the the world kind of turned upside down. So what happened was um, the back of the building had collapsed. Um, there's still a lot of discussion as to why and how, and it's all very messy. Um, if you've paid attention to the news, I'm sure you're aware of it um, here in Davenport. Um and the reason I bring this up, and we're, uh, we're going to get into this more in a, a separate episode because um, my co-host Sean insists, but I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to direct you towards The Mockingbird on Main on Facebook. If you find The Mockingbird on Main on Facebook, there is a GoFundMe link there that friends of me and Savannah's uh, created. And, um, you know, we obviously need some of those funds to aid in our recovery for our business uh, because we did lose everything. The The building will be demolished. We were not able to get in to get anything out. Um, it is a total loss, um, which is a big bummer for us. And it, it it's just, it's, it's really sad. Um, if you, if you want, follow me on social media too. It's Tristan Lane, T-R-I-S-T-A-N-L-A-Y-N-E, uh, or follow Mice and Main Street Men on uh, Instagram, and you can see the link to it from there. Um, and you can kind of see my updates. But um, back to what I was trying to say was try to go to the Mockingbird on Main on Facebook. There's a GoFundMe link there um, that aids in our recovery as a business, but also 
because Savannah and I, uh, you know, we lost a lot, but many people in that building lost everything because it was also an apartment complex. <sighs> and it, it's very important that Savannah and I give some of this back. So we haven't decided exactly how that's going to work, but know that, you know, some of it's going to us, some of it's going to others in need. So if you have, you know, uh, a $10 to share, please consider it. Again, go to The Mockingbird on Main on Facebook and find the GoFundMe link there. Um, it's It's a big tragic event and it's just... It's a mess here, and it really did break our hearts because Savannah and I have worked so hard on this little theater, and it was really starting to catch on, and um, and now we have to kind of look at maybe starting over. We're not sure what the future holds. It's still all very early, but um, I consider all of you listeners kind of uh, my, my family and friends, and I, I wanted to share this with you um, that you know this happened to us. Um, cause I, I talk about the theater a lot. Sean and I have recorded a lot at the theater. And, um, so, you know, even if you can't donate anything, go follow us, you know, show your support that way, share the podcast, share stuff where, you know, it's, um, it's a sensitive situation and it's just a bummer all around, man. Um, Sean and I are going to talk more about this incident on a separate episode. Um, but I just wanted to make you all aware that um, that's what's going on in our world. And uh, so, again, go to The Mockingbird on Main, find us on Facebook. And um, if you can't donate yourself, just share the link, you know. Um, it, we would really appreciate it. Um, we love you all. Thank you all for listening. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. I thought it was pretty rad. And, um, and we will see you real soon. Never lose sight of one thing.